Welcome, listeners, to a very special episode of Mars on Life. I am, of course, one of your hosts, Ryan Mancini. Joined with me, as always, is... The fearless individual who actually suggested this idea, Sebastian Shug, in the flesh, at the spur of the moment, 11.59 p.m. decision, uh, at which I'm very glad that you were on board with, because... Whoo! What a night it will be, assuming that the next four minutes actually goes as planned and it's going to start on time. Mm. We're going to be covering something a little bit different. Um, as in, as far as interactive episodes go, this is sort of cut from the same cloth. But tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we will be covering. The February 2023 State of the Union Address. And assuming that the audio doesn't sound choppy with how we're actually streaming this over Zoom, uh, <laughs> I'm expecting it to be a relatively decent speech. Um, these can vary in length. I think one of the shortest State of the Unions was like less than 30 minutes, and one had the dubious honor of being like over an hour and a half. Oh, I'm being silenced. Oh, it's just the cabinet. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody cares. But, um, Um, so yeah, I mean, unless you wanted to comment on anything further and that's exactly what we're going to be doing and we'll be doing it live. Um, Oh yeah. State of the union, everybody. Yes. Uh, for some presidential trivia, uh, do you want to know who gave the longest and who gave the shortest? I want to say Clinton was the longest. Yeah, that's right. And I want to say... I want to say either... Oh, God, like, part of me wants to say Nixon, but also part of me wants to say Reagan. I know it was a Republican candidate, right. but I do not know which. Sorry, I'm just quickly <laughs> scrolling because I, I did get a shuffling little like through, shuffling through his notes. Of, Come on, man. I did get a little notification about uh, State of the Union addresses and including one about um, from Axios. Hot mic warning. House Republicans have been warned to act as if the country is watching and listening <laughs> at the State of the Union. So I just I, I oh, love that. Um, no, as far as I recall, and I will do my best to fact check myself if I'm wrong, it was uh, everybody's favorite liberal president, Richard Nixon, who gave the shortest uh, State of the Union address. Okay. All right. So I yeah. was I was right then. Yeah. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Everyone's meeting each other. Everyone's being all cordial. Everyone's being this and that. Oh, we're a country united as if the past oh, hey, look. three years didn't. 11 uh, Supreme Court members. Look, see, see, this is why we needed to vote Biden. He kept his promise. He packed the court, right? <laughs> oh, man. Man, everyone's really not sh- social distancing. So, uh oh, there's uh, Mayor Pete. Yep. Um, the, the consolidator. Um, the consolidator. <laughs> no, uh, as far as I know, the only person that I have seen throughout this whole affair thus far that has worn a mask. Surprise, surprise, um, from the great state of Vermont, 
the former mayor of Burlington himself. One Bernard Sanders is the only person I've seen wear a mask. So, uh, and he looked pretty pissed off about it, not going to lie. Mm, wow. Uh-oh, there's, there's the, the anti... It's not even the anti-squad, because there's three of them, but you got Romney, Cinema, and uh, oh, the Mansion. My Arizona princess as all the... Yeah, that's a cinema sin right there. No, you see everyone like simping over her, or, or everyone was simping over her. That was hysterical. There is a rumor that her and uh, Kevin McCarthy are having an affair. Oh. And part of why, you know, I, I mean, whether or not people decide to do that kind of thing, it's up to them. Right. But I will say. Kevin McCarthy does have a history of having extramarital affairs, so I think this conspiracy theory at least has more legs than I think other ones. Like, for example, when people said, oh, Hope Hicks and Donald Trump, that's a thing. And mm -hmm. it's like, uh, okay, I guess. I love how I love how right? everybody I love how everybody's smiling. Everybody looks so happy as if one side isn't about to just get fucking rammed into the ground tonight. Like, mm -hmm. it, I don't think that the State of the Union should be a potentially divisive speech by nature, because ultimately it's the president giving what else but the state of affairs in our current U.S. Po political sphere. However. It is on the speaker himself giving the speech. So, you know, one side of the aisle is going to have a chapped ass about it. Oh, there's Warren. Well, there's one of my senators. Yeah. Mm hmm. So it's just I I don't know. And, I'm, and this is not an official prediction. I don't know if it's going to be sort of a far cry from when Donald Trump gave his state of a union state of the union address where the entire left side of the aisle just sat in stone-faced silence, which I thought was admittedly kind of hilarious. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It was, oh, hello. It's the individual who ripped up the speech, Nancy Pelosi herself. Yeah. Yeah. That, um, was, that was some political theater right there. Well, I think, you know, you, you raise a good point, both with just the, you know, one side is going to have, you know, a bit of a, a chapter rear end and you're, you are going to have the stunts. And I mean, let's face it in the past, we've had particularly with the last two presidents. I mean, let's not forget. Mm -hmm. We had the one guy who screamed at, at Obama, you lie. And like everybody's head turned to the left to look at him. And then obviously you had Pelosi rip up, uh, Trump's speech, uh, right. when it was, you know, handed to her. So, or rather, it was handed to her, but at the end of his speech where he was all, he was gloating, she ripped it up and was like, okay, that's it. Yeah. With this, you know, I, I think it's expected that Kevin McCarthy, since he's now the House Speaker, um, so despite the fact that at one point in time, uh, the leader of the Speaker of the House and the President of the Senate were both from California, that fact remains because Kevin McCarthy is from California originally um, right. and represents a district in California. Oh, is this the sergeant at arms? No. Uh. Oh, man. I remember those days. Mr. Speaker, the president <laughs> of the United States. Uh, here we go. Joe Vibin. 
Come on, Mancini, clap. <laughs> I thought I thought you were proud to be an American, where at least you know you're free, and you won't forget the men who died, who gave their lives to thee. Uh, yeah, well, I, I could keep going, but... I know. <laughs> anyway. All right. Okay, so... Let's rock so and I... roll, Ice Cream Man. Okay. <laughs> so right before... Right before... Um, right before... <laughs> sorry. Right before... Right before you... <laughs> <laughs> come on man okay 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 mm. okay so right before uh you and i hopped on the call uh i was watching cbs news and they did talk about how all these people that are rushing to shake his hand uh right. the, the tradition is that Literally everyone who gets there rushes to get a spot along the aisle so they can shake the president's hand. Um, right, makes and, sense. I mean, and, just and, be and, glad. Just be glad that Squeaky Fromm isn't one of those people. <laughs> and well, I think and she'd was, have the advantage in that case. Well, and it was but, funny. It was funny too because one of those individuals who, so far, I haven't seen him shake hands with the president. Um, was uh, everybody's favorite fraud, uh, George Santos from New York, mm. and and I, I I did see earlier that he shook hands with Mitt Romney, and you know the most I'll say is that that exchange did not look quite uh, neighborly, cordial. cordial. As yeah. yeah, it didn't look quite Mormon. Uh, I should know. So. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to see. I mean, there's a couple of faces that I recognize. I mean, obviously, you got Chuck Schumer, Hakeem Jeffries mm -hmm. is behind him, Steve Scalise, who was the guy that got shot at the baseball game, right. and since has just become like as much of a hardcore Trump Republican as possible. Um, You know, I'm kind of wondering how many of these folks Biden recognizes. I'm sure all the old guys, he's like, yeah, man, remember, 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 remember 82? <laughs> oh, man. Remember, remember when oil was the worst thing in Pennsylvania, Jack? See, it just, it just makes me, <laughs> oh, ah. it, it, it makes me just oh, sort no. of read re uh like remember the days in college when we had to sit through meetings and it's just like just get just get him to the front so he could start speaking so that we could go home already like christ <laughs> sake, how how long is this corridor you know i get that everyone wants to shake his hand like like they're playing the most uh intense game of tag ever but it's like you know but by, by the time Oh, of course, yeah. He's got to... Okay, he's got to salute everyone. Yeah. That man never served in the military. Uh. <laughs> I'm kidding. We we are required uh, in the military, of course, to salute the president. It's not... It's not something new, and I'm... And me say, stating this is not a new concept, but... Just looking at him salute there, I'm just like, oh, your fingers weren't together, your thumb wasn't parallel to all your fingers. 
It didn't God. come up at a crisp 45 degree angle. Come on, man. Come on, man. Uh. Well. Well, and let's not forget, too, he has that... I don't want to call it sense of loyalty, and I, I don't want to sound disrespectful when I say this, but... Mm -hmm. You know, ever since he... Ever since his one son was in the military, there has always been this air of, well, if there's anybody who's going to have any kind of rationale or gumption or resemblance of respect towards the military, right. out of all the old fogies in government, it's Joseph Robinette Biden. So, how, how well can you hear it, by the way, Seth? Uh, I know the I'd, volume's I'd say, down. I'd say turn it up just a little bit. Okay. Oh, man. Yeah. Because I just noticed. Because I know he said, I know he. I, I have the high privilege and the stink honor. That's good. To present to you the stink the honor. Oh, yeah. The United States. All right. Let's get this show on the road so we can go back to being divisive. Oh, there is, uh, there's General Brown. He was, uh, he was the, uh, Leading general officer of the Air Force. That's cool. Hmm. I reckon I recognize him. General Q Brown. Wait. Some yeah, General Brown. Mr. Speaker, Madam Vice President, our first lady and second gentleman. Good to see you guys up there. Members of Congress. Members of Congress, specifically half of you, because I know that's who I'm gonna be reaching tonight. By the way, Chief Justice, I may need a court order. She gets to go to the, the game tomorrow, uh, next week. I have to stay home. Oh, no. He's already forgetting things. Members of the cabinet, leaders of our military, uh. Chief Justice, Associate Justice, and retired Justice of the Supreme Court, and to you, my fellow Americans. Oh, you here know, we go. Uh, I start tonight by congratulating the 118th Congress and the new Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy. Oh. Okay. So that's Joe Biden right there, right? Speaker, I don't want to. Uh, I missed it. Sorry, I just turned my head away. She, she's in pink, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They, they keep panning to her for some reason. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> the first African-American minority leader in history, Hakeem Jeffries. Where you at, Hakeem? There you are. Uh, I have a lot of thoughts about him that I won't get into tonight, but... Uh. Don't worry, we got we got a lot we got a lot of ground to cover. Congratulations, the longest-serving leader in the history of the United States Senate, Mitch McConnell. Where are you, Mitch? Oh, really? Of course. Okay. Oh, he's not even gonna stand up. The fuck. <laughs> and congratulations to Chuck Schumer. Another, uh, you know, another term as Senate Minority Leader. Uh, you uh. know, I think you. Uh, only this time you have a slightly bigger majority, Mr. Leader. You're the majority leader. About that much bigger? Yeah. Well, I tell you what. 
I want to give special recognition to someone who I think is going to be considered the greatest speaker in the history of the House of Representatives, Nancy Pelosi. Speaker oh, Pelosi, man. or as I call her, Nancy. <laughs> Never going to forget that Trump tweet. One of the funniest <laughs> tweets I've ever read. My mother, or as I call her, Nancy. Of always moving forward, of never, ever giving up. It's a story unique among all nations. We're the only country that has emerged from every crisis we've ever entered stronger than we got into it. And the last three years have been a little weak. <laughs> Two years ago, the economy was reeling. I stand here tonight after we've created, with the help of many people in this room, 12 million new jobs more jobs created in two years than any president and jordan powell's uh money printer but you know <laughs> he just he just taped the fucking button he was like yeah there's money i just i will never understand people that believe a president when they say i've made more jobs than all my predecessors combined or more than any other president and it's like well, yeah it's because the population grows Exactly. You, you doom cough. Like, the workforce grows. I mean... Come on, man! See, the thing with Kevin McCarthy, too, is that he thinks he's, like, the smartest man in the room. Mm -hmm. But... Wow, I mean, for the, the speaker guy, for the speaker of the house, he's really not doing a lot of speaking. He's, <laughs> he's, he's like he, he's like the Darth Maul of the Republican Party. He just he looks cool, and that's about it. Right. We don't think anything is beyond our capacity. I don't actually think he's cool because he's 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 the furthest from it. But Democrats and Republicans can't work together. They can't. Two years we proved the cynics and naysayers wrong. Okay, well, you're not yes, proving me wrong. <laughs> it's still a divisive hellscape, dude. But time and again, Democrats and Republicans came together. Came together to defend a stronger and safer Europe. Well, like, oh, you they mean, compromised because like, they wanted to go on vacation. Exactly. Generation infrastructure law, building bridges connecting our nation and... He talks faster than me. came together to pass the most significant law ever, helping victims expose the toxic burn pits. And in fact... Huh. I don't know, dude. You see the internet? I don't think it's, uh... I don't think we're all holding hands singing kumbaya here. But... Oh, there's you know, one I, of my representatives, uh... Ayanna Presley. Yep. Hunter. Pieces of legislation since Hunter? Hunter? Authorizing the Violence Against Women Act. <laughs> the Electoral Count Reform Act. The Respect for Marriage Act that protects the right to marry the person you love. And to my Republican friends, if we could work together the last Congress, there's no Republican reason we can't work friends. together and find consensus on important things in this Congress as well. I think All good points. No, I'm not disagreeing. It's just that I don't think Republicans... I don't think Republicans are agreeing here. No. With the... Zion, but I think the people sent us a clear you message. know, nonpartisan rhetoric. Power for the sake of power, conflict for the sake of conflict gets us nowhere. That's always been my vision of our country, and I know it's many of yours. To restore the soul of this nation, to rebuild the backbone of America, America's middle class, 
and to unite the country. We sit here to finish the job, in my view. For decades, the middle class has been hollowed out in more than, and now no one administration yeah, thanks for, for a that, long Joe. time. Too many good-paying manufacturing jobs move overseas. Factories close. Yeah, what the hell? What's with this outsourcing that we've no doubt raised the roof on? shadows of what they used to be. And along the way, something else we lost. Pride. Our sense yeah. of self-worth. Yeah. Oh, I thought he was going to say sovereignty, too. I would have been like, oh, three-peat. So we can all feel that pride in what we do. To build an economy from the bottom up. It's funny how he keeps saying pride and Bono is there. Because when the middle class does well, the poor have a ladder up, and the wealthy still do very well. We all do well. Oh, I'm surprised. No, like, cut the rich? No. Oh, there he is. There he is. There's Bernard. I know a lot of you always kid me for always well, take, my dad. Take it easy, Joe. To say, Joey, a job's about a lot more than a paycheck. He really would say this. It's about a lot more than a paycheck. It's about your dignity. It's about respect. It's about being able to look your kid in the eye and say, honey, it's going to be okay. What? It. Well, folks, what? So let's look at the results. We're not finished yet by any stretch of the imagination, but unemployment rate is at 3.4%, a 50-year low. Oh, I'm pretty there, I was going to say that still seems a little bit... Well... I, I'm also pretty sure that it's been that low at least at some point since the Bush years. I could right. be wrong, like pre-2008 crash, but eh, what do I know? I wasn't, you know, a U.S. senator at the time. <laughs> I was just in, you know, like fifth grade or whatever. America can lead the world in manufacturing, so like 1940s slam shut the border World War II era? Like, what are we doing? Like, oh, man. Like, if Biden was to get on this stage right now and be like, I am proposing a completely isolationist in house manufacturing system in order to boom the economy, I'm like, okay, it's been done once. We're not at war yet. Well, and he's talking about Ukraine, so... Right. So, uh. better position than any country on Earth right now. But we have more to do. But here at home, inflation is coming down. Here well, at home, gas prices... And I should note, too, on the whole unemployment thing. And this oh, was Ryan, always... Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. Gas is down a buck fifty. Okay. Oh, my God. Uh, I mean, it's like a buck cheaper in Massachusetts. It's kind of great. Yeah, uh, but this has always been my argument with uh, folks that were a little more sympathetic, shall we say, to the prior president is that, yes, it may be great and all that unemployment is really low, but what's the poverty rate? Right. And if it's worse than 2008, like at least the last time I saw that it was, it was, then uh, Houston, we don't just have a problem. We have I mean, a... you don't even have to go back that far. Uh, Jarvis, pull up that info from uh, 2020. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you don't even have to go back that far. Oh, J.D. Vance, uh, one of the biggest, uh, really the pre-George uh, Santos. Mr. Yale, uh, author, who all of a sudden turned into a hardcore MAGA acolyte. 
we're down to only producing 10 percent. We all saw what happened during the pandemic when What's the other 90 percent orange juice and cookies. Today's automobiles need 3000 chips each of those automobiles. Yeah, but American automobiles. We're going to do it in house, Joe, because there weren't enough chips. Car prices. Went oh, there, were, there wasn't People enough chips. OK, off. so did everything from refrigerators to cell phones. We can never let that happen again. That's why. That's why I can't wait for him to say that uh, he's going to cure cancer. Chips and Science Act. See, he's all raw, raw about doing this, all, about doing everything in house. And I'm like, you know damn well that isn't going to fucking happen. You know well, damn well from an economist's point of view that outsourcing is the only way to keep costs low, if not one of the only surefire ways to do it. We're going to make sure the supply chain for America begins in America. Oh, oh this is going to be dated uh, as fuck. Guarantee it. Guarantee it. We, we've been... Why would we suddenly shift to this new in-house strategy? 800,000 new manufacturing jobs like, without this law, before the law get, kicks in. With this new law, we're going to create hundreds of thousands of new jobs across the country. I mean all across the country, throughout not just the coast, but through the middle of the country as well. That's going to come from companies that have announced more than $300 billion in investment in American manufacturing over the do, next do, 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 do. Outside do, do, do. of Ohio, Intel is building semiconductor factories on 1,000 acres, literally a field of dreams. It's going to create 10,000 jobs, that one investment. Feel the dreams. 7,000 what, 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 jobs. What's with Kamala? 3,000 jobs in those she, She's got that look like somebody just said a dirty joke in her ear, and she's trying to keep it John together. Payne, an average of $130,000 a year, and many do not require a college degree. <laughs> then why the fuck am I in school still? <laughs> oh, it's not going to require a college degree? Ted Cruz! I, I'm with Ted Cruz on this one. I'm not applauding about that. I just wasted my time. Come on, man. Think about the new homes, the small businesses, the big, the medium-sized businesses. So much more that's going to be needed. Not, not the big businesses. Fuck them. permanent jobs. And the factories that are going to be built. Talk to oh, mayors and governors, Democrats and Republicans. Well, somebody think of the factories. And they'll tell you what this means for their communities. We're seeing these field of dreams transformed to the heartland. But to maintain the strongest economy in the world, we need the best infrastructure in the world. And folks, well, we needed yeah. that like a long time ago. Yeah, oh, I, of course, I, we're going to look at uh, yeah. we're going to look at the transportation secretary, Mr. Uh, I've been on the job a few years and uh, I know what I'm doing. Uh, Obama called me during the election and told me to stop impersonating him. 13th. The world and infrastructure, modern infrastructure. Thirteenth. Not top three, though. Well, yeah, I mean, post-war era, uh, like. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, even then, I think Eisenhower was just like, kind of need this to get the whole post-war thing off the ground. Including major airports from Boston to Atlanta to Portland. Projects that are going to put thousands of people to work rebuilding our highways, our bridges, our railroads, our tunnels, ports, airports, clean water, okay. high speed internet. Here's my question. Mm -hmm. Urban, rural, these new jobs, these building back into into America, build back better, right? Mm -hmm. 
Joe, I need you to tell me how we're just getting started with all these different facets and how that's going to lower the debt ceiling. Okay. It's all about the soul, Jack. It's all about the soul of America. You know, the thing. I promised I'd be a president for all Americans. We'll fund these projects. And I'll see you at the groundbreaking. Oh my God, McCarthy take looks a shot. so smug. Take a shot every time Kamala steps up. <laughs> uh, it's, oh man. Bridge in Kentucky over the Ohio River, built 60 years ago, badly needed repairs. One of the nation's most congested freight routes, carrying two billion dollars worth of freight every single day across their. Oh, Ohio just add yeah. another lane, dude. Just add another lane. It'll break up yeah. traffic. Trust me, bro. Just add another lane. Yeah, the the friendliest uh, friendliest president towards labor, especially those working on the railroad, eh, Joe? Yeah, man. I I support the unions, man. They they do the thing in the trains, Jack. And then what does he do? What does he do around? Uh, what does he go around and do? He decides to intervene and basically make it legally impossible for railroad workers to strike. Friend to labor, indeed. She told me she'd been a proud member of the Iron Workers Local 44, known as. I, I, I don't, I, I just, I, okay, all those people applauding, I'm like, do you actually know them? Right. <laughs> and, and this is why I'm kind of staying silent here, because if, if presidents want to take this, like, grassroots, oh, I was there. I know them personally. Like, no, you fucking don't, dude. That's pride. I mean, I. Oh God, I swear he is. Yeah, gonna... it's it's definitely pride that you're riding the coattails of. I mean, like, dude. You know, th this is this is no better than basically Trump being like, like, let's honor our disabled veteran by having a disabled veteran at his State of the Union. It's just like, okay, that's not you who served, guy. That's you. That's you stating because of my administration. This is why we're clapping. And it's like, right. No. And that's basically the point of every state of the union. It, it's it is it's the... political theater. I get it. Yeah. To drive by McDonald's parking lot to help them do their homework online with their kids. Wait, what? Many thousands are doing across the country. And when we do these projects. Did he just go off on a tangent that we weren't listening? I mean, it, it sounds like one of those expressions that Biden thinks is an expression, but he just made it up on the spot. Okay. Okay, he said we're going to buy American. So anything that, that, that is indicative of the balloon that was overhead a few days ago, um, we're going to burn it in a fire. He said so. Since 1933, but for too long, past administrations, Democrat and Republican, have fought to get around it. But I'm going to make it different. Tonight I'm announcing new standards require all construction materials using federal infrastructure projects to be made in America. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What was that response? No, no, yeah, do that. Do that and see how the costs add up, Joe. I really want to see a balance sheet on that. I, I'm very curious because... <clears throat> this is all great. It sounds great. Until you realize how expensive it is to operate in-house. My economic plan is about investing in places and people 
that have been forgotten. So many of you listening to me tonight, I know you feel it. So many of you felt like you've just simply been forgotten. Amid the economic upheaval of the past four decades, too many people have been left behind. And who's been at the forefront of the economic upheaval of the last four Maybe decades, Joe? Right. Who? <laughs> remember the jobs that went away. You remember them, don't you? I remember them, Joe. Folks at home remember them. With you that somber look. even exist anymore for your children to get ahead without having to move away. No, they well, don't. It doesn't. Well, they have to because the jobs aren't where they grew exactly. up. Exactly. <clears throat> right. <clears throat> <where throat> <no one's> Sounds <throat> like somebody I know. Pride is coming back. The jobs are coming back, Mancini. Why'd you leave? In the last several years. You know, I, 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 Joe, I, Joe said they're coming back. You can move back to California. Make a real difference. You know, a wise man once said. For example, <laughs> you got a fish with a fish you're biting. Tough times never last. <laughs> Only tough people last. Come on, man. It's cancer. Or your child gets John Fetterman. Oh, jeez, he's not in his hoodie. What the fuck? What are you gonna do? He's got establishment. He's probably in shorts, though. Sell the house. Try to get a second mortgage on it. I get it. I get it. No, no, I you don't get it, Joe. I got five mortgages on my penthouses, Jack. Yeah, you, you don't understand, Joe. Okay, you don't. So you can stop. I thought McCarthy was about to fall asleep there. <laughs> Me too. That was that was the look of a guy who's like, man. He's like, I'm man. Is this over? I should have used tux earlier. For example, one in ten Americans has diabetes. Many of you in this chamber do. He didn't say diabetes. That's a shame. One in ten of diabetes. Many in this chamber do. Josh Hallway. Insulin's been around for over a hundred years. Hallway? Nah, I'm more of a corridor guy. Didn't even patent it because he wanted to be available for everyone. It cost the drug company. There's another joke there involving Kristen Cinema, but I won't say it. To make that insulin. Oh, oh, here we go. You may get up to thirteen dollars. Oh, are we gonna go into uh, diaprim again? Has been unfairly charging people hundreds of dollars, four to five hundred dollars a month, making record profits. Not anymore. I mean, that was more of a Martin Shkreli thing, but yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I was like, if you're gonna bring up diaprim, I'm like, oh, okay. There we go. But yeah, insulin is expensive. Mm-hmm. I always think back to the joke. Oh, type one or type two? Is this the one that we're supposed to feel sorry for or shame you for? Now coming to fruition. Uh, that was a family guy joke, but you know. Yeah. But people didn't know because the law didn't take effect until January 1 of this year. We capped the cost of insulin at $35 a month for seniors on Medicare. Okay, well, if it was such a big deal, why didn't we do this sooner? People are just finding out. I'm sure you're getting the same calls I'm getting. You know, Look, if... There are millions of other Americans who do not or are not on Medicare. Other Americans? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. They knew what they were doing, panning, too. I'm, I'm hearing some bullshit. Let's finish the job this time. Let's cap the cost of insulin for everybody at $35. I mean, let's also not forget this is the same guy who, despite his party, was like, yeah, man, let's get rid of Social Security. Right. So, I, it's... 
So big Pharma is still going to do very well, I promise you all. I promise you they're going to do very well. Well, what about the fly-by-night biotech companies, Joe? What about them? Costs, out-of-pocket drug costs for seniors on Medicare at a maximum of $2,000 a year. You don't have to pay more than $2,000 a year, no matter how much your drug costs are. Because you know why? You I do know. find it incredible how, for years now, we have this whole portion of the State of the Union that gets into the nitpicky details of medicine and specifically drug prices when it comes to like insulin and diabetes and what have you. And I, I just, it's astonishing just because I think back to like other presidents that, I mean, there's obviously there's no reason for somebody like Benjamin Harrison to talk about the price of insulin when he's probably going to talk about, you know, oh, well, the Indian wars are over. Now we're off into a new century. Like, it's, I don't know. I, I Maybe I'm just, I'm at that point where I'm so jaded. Right. <laughs> that it's like, I, I hear it and I'm like, wow, the older I get, it's the same speech. Well, guess what? And the same thing applies with the whole, the, whatchamacallit, the whole cancer thing. Like, I think Trump gave like two or three speeches in a row where he was like, guess what? We're going to get rid of cancer. It's going to be gone. Boop, gone. And it's like... No, it's still here, Dingus. And I, oh, I just, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Inflation Reduction Act. That's fair. As my football coach used to say, lots of luck in your senior year. Make no mistake. If you try anything to raise the cost of presenting jobs, I will veto it. What was that? If you try to raise the cost of something jobs, I'll veto <laughs> it? Did you just have a mini stroke? Preserve the uh, roads? I'm pleased <laughs> to say the more Americans have health insurance now than ever in history. A record 16 million people are enrolled in the Affordable Care Act. And thanks... Yeah, including most of the Republicans in that building. <laughs> right. Millions are saving $800 a year on their premiums. By the way, that law was written and the benefit expires in 2025. So Oof. my plea to some of you, at least in this audience, let's finish the job and make these savings permanent. Expand coverage on Medicaid. Eh. Just have, and just and have people... Uh, just have people sign new contracts. There you go. And of course, they turn to Romney because, of course, Obamacare. What was the template for that? Romney care. Come on, man. Oh. oh. Right, Earth is I'm, getting warmer. Lower the utility bill. Clean energy. Of record floods, droughts, storms, and wildfires from Arizona and New Mexico to all the way up to the Canadian border. More timber has been burned, as I've observed from helicopters, than the entire Yes, state wood burns, Joe. And we don't have global warming? Not a problem. In addition to emergency recovery, from Puerto Rico to Florida to Idaho, we're rebuilding for the long term. New electric grid. He's pretty much abandoned Puerto Rico, just like Trump did. Right. So, 
I don't Joe, know what the hell he's talking about. Joe, I need you to look at across the sea and really identify who the main cause of this energy crisis is. If the, if the Earth is truly warming, and I do believe it is, I'm not I'm not negating his his uh, call to action here. But mm -hmm. do you know the infrastructure and greenhouse effects of countries such as India, China, and the like. Like, it, it's fucking horrible. And yeah, we're no better. But if you're going to point fingers, not only should you point them at a mirror, but... I'm proud of how... Well, Point there. No, no, no country is leading that effort. Exactly. I mean, no country is leading that effort. But if we're supposed to lead by example, and they're not going to follow the example, and therein make the problem worse for the one Earth that we have to share, then uh, there, there's a there, there's a skewed there's a disproportionate amount of there's a disproportionate amount of who's contributing to this negative effect. Right. Like, and the fact of the matter is, is that if any candidate, Republican, Democrat, or otherwise, had the gall to be like, oh, a lot of you at home agree with me and many people that you know, if the, the fair, it is not okay, we'll get into that. But if you had Democratic, Republican, I don't care who. Bring up the percentage chart of who is contributing the most to the carbon footprint. I would support them wholeheartedly on the spot. You know, there needs to be an international outlook on this as well. Oh, of course. I mean, that's why I, I keep, you know, banging the book on the desk of uh, the Ministry for the Future. Like, you can't just give platitudes and say, well, we'll change it. Yeah, we'll yeah. fix it. Like, you need to actually persevere and push forward and 15 percent for 15 percent is that state and federal or is that wait for what uh it's like a flat tax oh an additional penny in taxes nobody not one penny so anyone under forty thousand is zero their tax bracket is zero not just wealth pass my proposal for the billionaire minimum tax you know <laughs> oh, that'll go over well it's up from about 600 in the beginning of the term but no billionaire should be paying a lower tax rate than a school teacher or firefighter well, I mean it. think about it and of course the republicans are going to come out of the woodwork being like well who do you think built those businesses joe mm -hmm. who do you think you know and it's just like <sighs> i get it if they were if it was like a charitable donation like that's how they if it was like a charitable donation loophole you know not just going back in the pockets of lobbyists Sure, you know, if they were actually funding science and and having a humanistic approach to what they do with their salaries, that's one thing. But you know that's not the case. Right. Like And when I talk to a couple of them, they say we're afraid you're gonna shut down all the oil wells and all the uh, oil refineries anyway, so why should we invest in them? I said we're gonna need oil for at least another decade. 
Well, there, there we go. I mean, you've just negated your whole argument about, come on, man, the, the planet is dying. Right. Like, and that's why, that's why McCarthy say, is, uh, he, he's emoted for the first time all night. I mean, because he knows he's digging his own grave right here. You can't talk about profit margins and needing oil for the next decade in one breath, but then in the previous breath, basically be a hippie. I mean, it's, right. it's exactly you can't you can't have your cake and eat it too. Come on, man. the job and close the loopholes and allow very wealthy to avoid paying their taxes. Instead of cutting the number of audits for wealthy taxpayers, I just signed a law to reduce the deficit by one. See, why would a building full of millionaires do that? Hmm. I mean, it, 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 honestly, if, if, if we ever needed an answer to, well, gee, why don't these people actually pass something like that? It's easy. It's because most of them can't do it to themselves. Right. Pure and simple. So mm -hmm. it's it's a joke. It's posturing. It's it's red meat for uh, Democratic voters, and red meat for quote unquote progressives that he may need their votes if he decides to run. I can't believe it. Four years than my predecessor. Nearly twenty-five percent of the entire national debt. Oh, what was that? That two hundred years took. McCarthy said something, muttered something that ended in Trump. Uh oh. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> McCarthy, I love him. Smug prick. Yeah, the Republicans did that. It's them. It's the elephants, quote unquote, in the room. Like, like, can you be any more smug, dude? Like, I know that this is going to be like, it's, hey, you know, knock out for the Democrats. This is the Democrats' mean left hook to the opponents. But it's like, dude, come on. agree to their economic plans. All of you at home should know what those plans are. Translation: I'm in the hot. I'm in the. I'm in the big chair, so I'm just gonna. Want Medicare and Social Security Just not gonna pass what I don't like. Oh, okay. Why are Republicans wow. booing the fact that Biden said they want to get rid of Obamacare and Social Security? Oh, man. There you go. There's wow. the you lie moment. Why, why is Marjorie Taylor Greene dressed up like the White Witch from Narnia? I, I mean, looks like it, honestly. It's either that or the Botox. God, when's someone gonna show? When's someone gonna throw a shoe, like they did at Bush? <laughs> hey, that man was a hero. The guy yeah, through the shoe. I, I know he was. That we're not going to be, we're, we're not going to be moved into being threatened to default. But this is the most response. active chamber. Oh God, Mike Lee. Yeah. Mike Lee this looks is, like he just saw somebody get beheaded. This is the most active uh, chamber I've actually seen in a while. Like I don't think I've ever so heard them say boo. Like even in Donald agree. Trump's State of the Union. I didn't really hear anyone boo. Yeah. Democrats pretty much just sat sour-faced at, you know. But, I mean, let's face it. It's the 
it's the repetitive nature of politics where every time you have who you think is the worst president in American history, his predecessor is ultimately uh, equally and yet somehow even more evil than the predecessor. So, you know, it's it's the, the back and forth of... Oh, you called us fascists, but you guys are the real fascists. You know, right. from my point of view, the Jedi are evil. Like, and it's, it's, it's insane, but it's also kind of hilarious when you think about it. Given, you know, I, my brain probably would have exploded under Reagan, but it also would have equally, if not more so, would have exploded under Clinton. Right. For almost all of the same reasons. So, and even though Trump and Biden are two very different presidents compared with their predecessors, I, I still have that feeling of my head exploding at their uh, reputations for lying. So, I mean, even PolitiFact came out with a little graph earlier that basically was like, yeah, for most of Biden's presidency, he's been saying a lot of stuff that isn't true. Mm. But of course, nobody panics. Nobody cares. You know. I can tell you. The plan I'm going to show you is going to cut the deficit by another two trillion dollars, and it won't cut a single bit of Medicare or Social Security. In fact, we're going to extend the Medicare trust fund at least two decades. That's going to be the next How are you going to do one right? and subsequently think well, that it's going to well, not affect the other? How are you going to lower the deficit? We'll and extend this program for 20 more years without un without understanding how a simple balance sheet works joe <laughs> like i get it you're not an economist you're not in a position of being an economist i'm not an economist but this cause and effect that you're hoping will happen like you're acting as if this program and it's extending to another two decades is it going to cost money like, it's going to save money by investing more in this program. And I'm like, Joe, what? Endanger patient safety prescribed drugs that are not needed. Millions of Americans can now save thousands of dollars because they can finally get a hearing aid over the counter without a prescription. Look, capitalism without competition is not capitalism, it's extortion, it's exploitation. What? Last year, I cracked down with the help of many of you on foreign shipping companies that were making you pay higher prices for every good coming into the country. I signed a bipartisan bill to cut shipping costs by 90%, helping American farmers, businessmen, and consumers. Let's finish the job. Pass the bipartisan legislation to strengthen, to strengthen antitrust enforcement and, for big, and prevent big online platforms from giving their own products an unfair advantage. <laughs> I mean, Amazon lets you compare prices, so I know if I'm getting screwed over, basically. <laughs> like, and if it's not a good price, I just won't buy it. Those hidden surcharges too many companies use to make you pay more. For example, oh, no. Like getting it delivered two days early. All the humanity! Refund your money if your flight is canceled or delayed. We reduce exorbitant bank they, they do that anyway by saving they refund your money billion dollars a year uh, I, I mean either well, that hopes, or they'll put you from experience <laughs> either that or they'll put you up in a hotel because they know you're not native to the area <laughs> like think again brother think again again speaking from experience <laughs> very well 
We can't put you in a hotel. There is no hotels available nearby. Okay, so what do we do? There is just a bar in a street mattress. They'll take a flight to Germany. They'll take care of you. 48 hours later. Get up by the wall! Put your hands up, Americans! That hotels charge on uh -huh. our bills. Wait, wait, wait. Those hotels. Those cost you up to $90 a night at hotels that aren't even resorts. Oh, no. It's the Quality Inn. Oh, no. Fuck, the billionaires are going to have their five-star villas. ...can charge you 200 or more if you decide to switch to another provider. Give me a break. Okay. And you're breaking your contract early. You signed a contract that you would be with that in that year frame, in that time frame. Like, you're actively going against what you signed for. And... It's... Parents do that anyway. Americans are tired of being nickel and dime, but... We're not going to stop them from nickel and diming. Why? Because that stimulates the economy, Joe. I'm really sorry to put it in perspective, but adding surcharges allows these companies to be in business. It's not ethical. It's not moral. It sucks. It's a dampen on your wallet. Sometimes there are additional fees if you don't read the fine print, and 98% of Americans aren't going to be that frugal enough to read the fucking fine print. Like, at a burger place, can't walk across town and take the same job at another burger place and make a few bucks more. It just changed. But they just changed it because we exposed it. That was part of the deal, guys. Look it up. But not anymore. <laughs> For banning those agreements, for sources. For workers, I made it up. <laughs> oh man, why does this have such a boomer energy? Hey, look it up, guy. Look it up. Trust. I read it on uh, what's that one? What's that one app? The blue app with the F. I'm so yeah. sick and tired of companies breaking the law by preventing workers from organizing. Pass the pro. Oh, oh. Oh, this guy. This guy who's like, oh, <laughs> companies, come on, let them strike. Well, did you let the railroad workers strike, Joe? No, you didn't. You made it legal that they couldn't strike. Oh, man. My God. Joe, I think you're unable to realize the fiscal impact of all that you're proposing. How is this going to lower the debt ceiling? Please, give me a plan. And by the way, when we do all these things, we increase productivity. We increase economic growth. So let's finish the job. That's great, but at, access to affordable at the expense housing. of what? At the cost of what? Stay in their homes, the care they need to do so. Let's give more breathing room to millions of family caregivers looking after their loved ones. Pass my plan so we get seniors and people with disabilities the home care and services they need. And support the workers who are doing God's work. These plans are fully paid for and we can afford to do them. Restoring the dignity of work means making education an affordable ticket to the middle class. There we go. You know, Here it we is. We made public education, 12 years of it, universal in the last century. 
we made the best educated, best paid, we became the best educated, best paid nation in the world. But the rest of the world's caught up. Caught yeah, up. with we jobs not compensatory to the degrees earned, but okay. Expression. I hope I get it right, kid. Any nation that out educates us is going to outcompete us. Any nation yeah. that out educates is going to outcompete us. Folks, we all know 12 years of education is not enough to win the economic competition of 21st century. Of course it isn't. So you know what you do? You get a job and you give a salary compensatory to the education received. Give me a plan there. But no, Joe, you said in the same breath, these jobs aren't going to require a college education. Why would they be inclined to try further then? Let's give public school teachers a raise. We're making progress by reducing student debt, increasing Pell Grants for working and middle class families. Let's finish the job and connect students to career opportunities starting in high school. Joe, you could finish the job yourself. The best career training in America. You, you literally have executive power to do it. Yeah. If, if George Bush could illegally uh, declare a war, you can legally use your powers as president, as massive and wide-ranging as they are, to completely evaporate student debt. You are not powerless. Let's mm -hmm. recognize Give me a break, to quote himself. While the virus is not gone, thanks to the resilience of the American people and the ingenuity oh, of medicine. Oh, God. We broke I thought he was going to say something. The virus is not gone. It still lives inside of us with our divisiveness. Of lives and up <laughs> I thought he was going to be poetic. Country back Come on, man. And soon we'll end the public health emergency. But... That's called a public health emergency. But we'll remember the toll and pain that's never going to go away. More than a million Americans lost their lives to COVID. A million. Families grieving. Children orphaned. Empty chairs at the dining room table constantly reminding you that she used to sit there. Remembering them, we remain vigilant. We still need to monitor dozens of variants and support new vaccines and treatments. So Congress needs to fund these efforts and keep America safe. And as we emerge from this crisis stronger, we're also got to double down on prosecuting criminals who stole relief money meant to keep workers and small businesses afloat. I mean, good luck considering a lot of that relief aid went right into the hands of uh overseas scammers did you hear though did you, did you end up reading those articles of individuals who ended up uh sinking their like cash app or offshore bank accounts into getting that covid relief payment yeah yeah good well, luck got, joe good luck with that prosecution effort well plus we've got individuals here that are doing it that as far as i can tell the states are pursuing them with every since then, might of the law by their side so taxpayers dollars. but 
at the same time, it doesn't help that between the White House and Congress, at least under Pelosi's speakership, there was a back and forth on, well, who actually wants to push the money through so that Americans can keep getting free vaccines? As far as I can tell, neither of them, neither of them want that. They're pointing fingers. And if the money doesn't get through, you know how much we could be paying for a COVID vaccine? Right. Like as high as one hundred and thirty dollars. The first year of the pandemic. So as far as I can tell, sure we're on the fast track safe. to really forgetting COVID was ever a thing. Right. And that the one million people who have died. You know, oh, they just died. You know, it wasn't senseless. They're just yeah, they're just statistics. They're just, you know, you know, my my aunt died because, well. Her time was up, Ryan. Brian, mm -hmm. come on, come on, C5 yeah. Time was up. And it's like, well, yeah. She, all, all I'll say is she's it, younger it's, than it's me, almost, Yeah, it's almost dehumanizing when, you know, the president is just like, oh, don't forget them, don't forget them, as if, as if he's not addressing himself to the American people who acted willfully on ignorance in not giving a shit. Of the risks associated with it, you know what I yeah. mean? Like it. Most of us in here <sighs> have never had to have the talk. The talk I mean, he he got his first COVID vaccine before literally any other children. senior citizen in the country could. Mm -hmm. He got it on my 26th birthday, and it was I think not. It was right after that was when my aunt who you know there's not that much of an age gap not that big of an age gap between her and and Biden she didn't get it in fact around that same time period that was when she got sick so it's like wow some private citizen a millionaire a former vice president who's the president elect not even the president yet went ahead and got the vaccine no problem a beautiful soul. Years later, uh, good will come, of come on, we got to get the money through, man. I'm just saying that for the people, though. It's just, you know, it, it's so all us, it's all disheartening. All and it just goes to show that by 2024, we're, we're going to act like COVID never happened. Right. And I mean, we already act that way, but yeah. I mean, I don't it's see people wearing, you know, masks or really being, I guess, being vigilant about it as much as yeah. we were in the beginning. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not going to be a campaign issue. That's for certain. No, no. I mean, look, see, we're already back to sneezing and coughing uh, in front of everybody in the, in the Capitol building. Right. We know. Oh, excuse me, it's my allergies. And we know we ask them in many cases to do too much to be counselors, social workers, psychologists, responding to drug overdoses, mental health crises, and so much more. In one sense, we ask much too much of them. I know most cops and their families are good, decent, honorable people, the vast majority. But they risk. Oh, uh, here we go. He's and got the Republicans stand up. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and they risk their lives every time they put that shield on. But what happened to Tyree in Memphis happens too often. We have to do better. Give law enforcement the real training they need. 
Hold them to higher standards. That's just it. They are getting the training. Help them succeed in keeping us safe. <laughs> They're getting the training that's been dictated to them. Right. Part of that is in thanks to laws that, that were passed in the 90s by a certain pres uh, senator by the name of Joseph Robinette Biden. All this can help prevent violence in the first place. When police officers or police departments violate the public trust, they must be held accountable. With the support. With the support you know, for as much education, resources, time management, occupational training that you would undoubtedly pour into something like police training, it doesn't necessarily target the, the human margin of error of just bias in general. So, you know, I, you know, and I'll say this to the racist cops out there of any creed, of any race, of any color, of any gender or sexual orientation, that... Yeah, you're a piece of garbage if you go out and you end a life because of the way someone else looks that is different to you, okay? But as much as we teach that it's okay to share differences, that's not going to stop people who are so ingrained in why they believe who they are as a person is better than another person you know right. and why Let's the life needs to be ended because of that like them. like that's not something do something that's not that was i want to say that that's not something that you can't teach do something about gun because like how do you teach ignorance kind of thing oh, i mean wait, i know he, that it's possible but he, now he's talking about gun violence oh okay and of course all the republicans it, are tldr it doesn't take much to not be a racist piece of shit that the majority of responsible gun owners already support enhanced background checks for 18 to 21 years old red flag laws keeping guns out of the hands of people who are a danger to themselves and others but we know our work is not done join us tonight is brandon say a 26 year old hero brandon he's like oh should i stand up okay there we go to be at his mom's <laughs> side his mom's side when she was dying from cancer Well, the other thing I'll just very quickly add is that with Tyree Nichols, the exception with his death was that, at least initially, the the Memphis officers that were fired were all black. Right, which is another hot-button topic that we yeah. could go into here, but the floor is Joe's. Yeah. He saw a man standing there pointing semi-automatic pistol at him. He thought he was going to die, but he thought about the people inside. In that instant, he found the courage to act and wrestle the semi-automatic pistol away from the gunman. Would already I think the one thing that I hope every person in this room realizes is that that young man is probably a much better human being and has already done more to safeguard human lives than any of them ever will in their lifetimes. Ryan, Ryan, they're banning assault weapons. Oh my God, she looks so pissed. Uh oh, Lauren Bobert, yeah. Yep. Bad assault weapons. I really want him to just reiterate his previous point to just say, just get a shotgun. 
It's easier to hold. Yeah, I was waiting for it. I was like, oh, he's going to bring up the shotgun thing, isn't he? Let's finish the job yep. and ban these assault weapons. And let's also come together on immigration. Oh, no. Wow, that, that, was, a, that was a detour. Holy well, hell. You write the 90s crime bill. What do you expect? We now have a record number of personnel working to secure the border, arresting 8,000 human smugglers seizing over 23,000 pounds of fentanyl in just the last several months. We've launched a new border plan last month on lawful migration from Cuba, Haiti, Nicaragua, and Of course, and the Republicans want to impeach him, the Homeland Security uh, Secretary Mayorkas, border problems won't be fixed for Congress basically all the reasons why Trump failed at the border reform, and why Obama failed at the border and why Bush failed why, at the border. And why Bush failed at the border, right? Oh, man. I mean, literally, a good chunk of the border wall being built now, at this point, I think is primarily from orders under Obama. They finished whatever Bush wanted under Trump. Here in the people's house. So stupid. It's our duty to protect all the people's rights and freedoms. Congress must restore the right. And the... Wait, what? Congress must restore the right. That was Are they calling order? Hold on. Oh, yeah, right. Mm. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. I'm not even going to get into it. More than a dozen states are enforcing extreme abortion ban. Make no mistake about it. If Congress passes a national ban, I will veto it. That's well, okay because they'll make sure to pass it. That's when okay. That's you're... okay. They'll make sure that it's passed at the state level. When well, uh... not not the national ban. No, exactly. Americans, it, especially transgender young people. They'll they'll just wait until his Republican successor uh, right walks in to say I will pass it. I'll make sure they can't have AP history in their classes either. But the power of our example. Let's remember I'm Ron DeSantis, and I approve this message. I spoke in this chamber one year. <laughs> Still ago. working on it. Still working on it. It's a work in progress. <laughs> it's all right. You'll get there. He'll be. He'll. Yeah. Yeah. No, I won't say anything about that. Death and destruction. Europe suffered in World War II. Putin's invasion has been a test for the ages. Test for America. A test for the world. Yeah, it's like the Cold War uh, uh, is still happening. We stand for sovereignty. We stand for the right of people to live free of tyranny. We stand for sovereignty as we send X amount of billions of dollars. As we fight a proxy war against Russia. We stand for building back into America as we literally funnel money out of America. Meanwhile, here's another, you know, nine-figure... Batch of billions of dollars to go to Israel. I mean, it's it's insanity. Mm. And together, we did what America always does at our best. We led. We united NATO. We built a global coalition. We stood against Putin's aggression. We stood with the Ukrainian people tonight. We're once again joined by the Ukrainian's ambassador to the United States. She represents not her just her nation, but the courage of her people. Ambassador. Is our ambassador is here 
United, we're in United Our Support. He couldn't pronounce your name. I oh, God. know it. Come on, man. Okay, there we go. He, he got it. He just had to stumble over the... <laughs> he had to stumble over the, uh, the, the, the European... Uh, the, the, the accent. As long as it takes. We're going to stand with you as long as it takes because if we side with Russia... We're going to be doubling back on it. Freedom, more dignity, yeah. more, more peace, not just in Europe, but everywhere. Before I came to office, the story was about how the People's Republic of China was increasing its power and America was failing in the world. Not anymore. We made clear, and I made clear in my personal conversations, which have been many, with President Xi, that we seek competition, not conflict. But I will make no apologies that we're investing and in, to make America stronger. Does he not understand that competition innately spurs conflict, a conflict of interest, a conflict to see who is the who is the best, who will lead the pack? I don't know why he thinks that. To safeguard stability and deter aggression. Hey, that's me. It's like every time he's like, oh, you know, Cap, you know, it's got to. Oh, okay, Siri. Thanks for uh, turning on just randomly. Okay, hang on. Let me. Okay. Oh, you sure thing. Oh, Siri, go away. <laughs> like, I've clicked on her and clicked X and everything. Come on, man. <laughs> sure thing. I hope that's recorded. <sighs> Let's be clear. Winning the competition should unite all of us. We face serious challenges across the world. But in the past two years, democracies have become stronger, not weaker. Autocracy has grown weaker, mm. not stronger. Name mm. a leader who changed places with Xi Jinping. Name me one. Name me one. America's rallying the world to meet those challenges. You know, Trump was never this angry <laughs> during his State of the Union addresses, yeah, ever. At least, at least when Trump spoke, he didn't yell. You're really kind of putting me off, dude. I mean, look. <laughs> I mean, this just harkens back to when the why are Democrats so angry? This harkens back to the one Democratic voter who challenged him, and all Biden could do was call him a liar, and then he called him fat. You know, he was like, "Listen, that really happened." Yeah, this was in 2020. This was like oh, one of the, or 2019. This was one of the most insane things I've ever witnessed. Where I'm like, oh my god, how how could this guy? How is it he's somehow the front runner? And this was before the primaries when he was getting like fifth or eleventh place in every primary. Come on, man. That's why a year ago I offered a unity agenda to the nation as I stood here. We made real progress together. We passed the law making it easy for doctors to prescribe effective treatments for opioid addiction. We passed the gun <laughs> by prescribing more addictive health. medication to be reliant on. breakthrough in the fights against cancer, Alzheimer's, and diabetes. Uh oh, here we go. We passed the Heath Robinson Pact Act, named after the late Iraq War veteran whose story about exposure to toxic burn kits I shared here last year. I understand something about those burn pits, but there's so much more to do. We can do it together. 
Joining us tonight is a father named Doug from Newton, New Hampshire. He wrote Jill, my wife, a letter, and me as well, about his courageous daughter, Courtney. A contagious laugh, his sister's best friend, her sister's best friend. He shared the story all too familiar to millions of Americans and many of you in the audience. Courtney discovered pills in high school. It spiraled into addiction and eventually death from a fentanyl overdose. She was just 20 years old. Describing the last eight years without her, Doug said, there's no worse pain. Yet their family has turned pain to purpose, working to end the stigma and change laws. He told us he wants to start a journey toward American recovery. Doug, we're with you. Fentanyl is killing more than 70,000 Americans a year. Big what? You got it. Oh. <laughs> oh. Nice. I mean, it's really George Bush and Rush Limbaugh's faults, but okay, yeah, let's blame Biden yeah. for some reason. Come on, man. With more drug detection machines, inspection cargo, stop pills and powder at the border. See, I can't confirm if this See, is an the, actual... The, this is where my fifth grade dare mind would come in and just be like, well, don't... Don't smoke, ingest anything that would potentially be laced with fentanyl, you know? Well, it's... You, you but, but, that, but that's me... Yeah, that, that's me ignorantly looking at it as if the war on drugs didn't win the war on mm -hmm. drugs, you know. And let's face it, you create a more alienating society where people feel so atomized by their lives, by working, by how tired they are, how bored they are, how sick of things they are. And you create a good monopoly for the, the drug trade where those people have to go to a drug dealer just so they can... Feel nothing for a few hours. So at the end of the day, we're all just a bunch of doomers. It's just keeping capitalism going, right? And you know, it doesn't matter if you live at the end of the day. You 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 paid you paid your penance to the almighty dollar, Joe. And if that takes you to jail, so be it. Joe, I have a question. If we produce this fentanyl in house, if we built back into America, would that would you veto that? If we grew and sold and manufactured controlled fentanyl farms, would you would would you be in support? Yeah. I mean, we're Corn, building back. Corn Pop told me that if you swim long enough, you, you get you get you you you, you get you, you, you get the bleach the bleach hairs on your legs, Jack. What? We were losing up to twenty five veterans a day. I used to carry a razor and get all rusty. Now we're losing 17 a day to the silent scourge of suicide. 17 Believe me, what I just said has a basis in things that Joe Biden has actually said and has made as it. much sense. Folks, VA is doing everything it can, including expanding. I mean, I still remember working. The VA is doing everything it can. Uh, Bullshit, dude. I still remember working on Wilshire Boulevard and hearing some of this stuff about corn pop, and I'm like, uh -huh. what is Joe talking about? Anyway. Last year, Jill and I reignited the cancer moonshot. And that was pre-COVID. Uh-oh, cancer moonshot. Our goal is to cut the cancer death rates. Curious now, who was the last president to die of cancer? 
Turn to look this up. Death sentences to treatable diseases. Provide more support for patients and their families. It's personal to so many of us, so many of us in this audience. Join wow. Us. We've had some lucky presidents. Mm -hmm. uh, only two. From Panama. Oh, wait a minute. They met and fell in no, that's that's just City oral cancer. What? Here we go. Kindred spirits. He wrote us a letter about his okay. wife, Ava, and I saw her just before I came over. So the last president to die from cancer was Ulysses Grant. Mm. Wow. But we've had presidents that have had cancer since then. But let's face it, Lyndon Johnson did not die from cancer. Mm -hmm. Jimmy Carter is very much still alive. And Ronald Reagan uh, also did not have die from cancer. Uh, he had his colon cancer successfully treated. Mm. Uh, he died from Alzheimer's and pneumonia, common health problem for people with that form of dementia. Yes, I know. Right. right. So. Uh, oh, oh, no, he's talking about his dead son. Oh. Of course. This is when... Uh, there's so much I, I could say, but it, I... I is on her way to being cured of cancer. And she's watching from the White House tonight and she's not asleep already. Well, I'll just say this. That's been his talking point for a long time now, which is, look, man, I, I knew someone who died. That's why you should vote for me. Like, that's mm -hmm. been his selling point since COVID. Is right. I had a I have a dead family member. Vote for me. Support me. And it's like, I'm sorry. That's not enough. And prove that we can still do big things. 20 years ago under the leadership of President Bush. <laughs> Big things coming. Hashtag 100. He undertook a bipartisan effort through PEPFAR to transform the global fight against HIV AIDS. It's been a huge success. He thought big. Huge. He thought large. He moved. It's been huge. I believe we can do the same thing with cancer. <sighs> yeah, uh, AIDS pandemic, by the way, still ongoing. Yeah. Cure some cancers. Oh, jeez. Once and for all. Did he but say cure some cancers? One reason why we've been able to do all of these things. Our not not cure all of them. Not end this <laughs> this this reign of suffering. With like, everything's possible. Without oh it, God. Nothing is. Oh God. Oh man. She's been threatened and attacked. Put I thought risk. we were unified and strong. I, I thought uh, I thought a republic and a I democracy we were, were not synonymous. I thought Joe. we were building back better. Of course, what was it that Mr. Franklin said? A republic, if you can keep it, as uh, the GOP likes to remind us. Uh oh. Uh oh. My friend Paul Pelosi. Paul I kept wondering why this guy looked so damn familiar, and I'm like, mm -hmm. why is he yep. wearing a hat? And it's like, of course, it's because it's Nancy Pelosi's husband. <sighs> See, I'm I'm half expecting 
Like if they I was like Leonard look, Cohen's been dead for a while now. If if they made it look so easy to storm the Capitol January sixth, I'm I'm half expecting the sergeant at arms to say like order and then like the proud boys storming in or something like now would be the time to do it i'm not calling for that but you know like it'd be the most interesting state of the union i've seen we have to uphold the rule of law and restore trust in our institutions of democracy we must give hate and extremism in any form no safe harbor And the Republicans are like, error, 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 this malfunction, malfunction. What does this mean? Explain, explain. Every generation of Americans has faced a moment where they haven't been called to protect our democracy, defend it, stand up for it. And this is our moment. My fellow Americans, we meet tonight at an inflection point. One of those moments that only a few generations ever face with the direction we now take is going to decide the course of this nation for decades to come. We're not bystanders of history. We're not powerless before the forces that confront us. It's within our power of we the people. We're facing the test of our time. We have to be the nation we've always been at our best, optimistic, hopeful, forward-looking, a nation that embraces light over dark, hope over fear, Unity over Jesus, stability over chaos. We have to see each other not as enemies, but as fellow Americans. Yeah, good okay, people. good luck. The only nation in the world built on an idea. The only one. You know, and, and I'm not trying to be pessimistic when I say that. I'm just saying, like, half the cabinet is sitting down. You are not touching everyone, Joe. Wow, that well, came out wrong. <laughs> wait, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> and that, now you're hearkening back to the old Joe of, hey, oh, can yeah. I sniff your hair? You know, you're you're not you're not touching the hearts of everyone in here. You still have dissenters. So, you know, twenty bucks says that the seventy five percent of the speech is not going to be realized. Report in the State of the Union. Well, and I think it's safe to say for the rest of our lifetimes, we're going to live with a legislative body where roughly 50% of it is always going to look at the president as if he's Hitler, right? regardless if he's a Democrat or a Republican. So it's one step forward, two steps back. And this whole idea of, you know, we need bipartisanship, we need compromise, we need this, that and the other. I'm sorry, that's not politics. Politics is about power. And... If you're not willing to leverage your power, you're going to lose. And the other side is only going to continue winning. That's why Republicans arguably do a lot better, despite the fact that they're more unpopular than the Democratic Party. Right. By the numbers. Come on, man. States of America. And there's nothing, nothing beyond our capacity if we do it together. God bless you all. And may God protect our troops. Well, that's when you know it's over, once he says, yep. uh, may God protect our troops, because, again, that's another reminder of Bo. <sighs> All right, now let's see what Kevin does. Okay, and C-SPAN's going to pan the camera away, so he can be like, hey, was that a, was that a good, was that good? Was was that that good? good speech? You think I touched the hearts and minds? All right, oh, I got to... I gotta, Get down the stairs. Come on, I gotta get back. Past my bedtime, man. 
I half, so expected, I, I half expected him to be like, Sergeant at Arms, do your duty, like from Animal House. <laughs> <laughs> so I like this. He walks up to the guy wearing the ERA uh, button, Equal Rights Amendment button, mm -hmm. and I, I, I literally can't describe how much pure animus I have growing inside me because it's like, Joe... For years now, you've been neglecting any movement forward on the ERA, and not once during this whole speech did he talk about it. Can you can you clue me in as to why some members are um, they have crayons affixed to their lapels? I wish I knew. Um, mm. I don't understand the meaning of the crayons. Let me yeah let me look this up. Because I know, I mean, every now and then there's always some weird little thing. Um, here we go. Right, right. Like there so, were there were some ribbons. There were there the were also some seventy buttons. Yeah. There so were... according to Axios, um, eighteen seventy, many members of the Congress Congressional Black Caucus and other Democrats, yeah, including that was Representative when, Ilan Omar, that was when the first um, African American uh, was, uh, I, I believe, killed by American. Police? That was uh, the first reported incident? A reference to the year the first known police killing of a free, unarmed black person. Yeah. Ah, okay. Um, crayons. Signal support for federal investment in child care. Hmm. Interesting. Um, and then there were pins and... Well, okay, that's for Ukraine. Right. Uh, abortion abortion pin from Planned Parenthood. Mm -hmm. um, oh, interesting. <laughs> it seems rumors of white balloons showing up at the address were just a lot of hot air. <laughs> That's all I was, speech was. I, just a we bunch of hot air. It. We might have missed it, but I, I was waiting for balloon talk. Maybe that was a last-minute thing that didn't make it. Although, mm -hmm. they would have had time to add something. And to be fair... If it's still under investigation, fine. At the same time, though, and I, I'm going to keep repeating this, regardless in what fashion and what and in what medium, but this whole idea of, oh, it was a suspected spy balloon. I have yet... Hey, look, it's your representative, uh, Shifty Shift. There um, he is. But, um... Make that a meme. I'm, you know... Number one, I have yet to be convinced that it was a spy balloon. Right. And as well, China has more than enough capable ways of spying on us other than right. a balloon, whether it's See, satellites or TikTok. So it was the it, it was the um it was the realization that this balloon was um it was like remote piloted, it had methods to stop and start and turn um that was what the whole basis was on that it was a spy balloon because it was just just the fact that it was very, very uh um i'm like blanking on the term right now you know well and on top of that as well it i mean like I, I don't believe it i don't believe it either but yeah. it's uh it's kind of funny to see people in their midwestern states looking up in the sky and be like, oh, what's that? <laughs> well, I want and the, that. <laughs> and the fact, too, that it 
as far as I know, I think it also flew over Alaska. So the fact that right, and then everyone was saying about that. Well, why wasn't it shot down there? And yeah, that was the whole argument. And the fact that this isn't the first time it's happened within the last several years. In fact, it happened multiple times under Trump. Mm -hmm. And apparently NORAD couldn't detect it. The same morons that tell you Santa's coming couldn't detect a goddamn balloon from China. I mean, where are, ta where are our tax dollars going to exactly? They're going back. They're going back into America, Ryan. We're we're building back, and and that's that's really my big thing. Because I don't think that there's much after this. Uh, the speed, the state of the union's over, so it's just us, our thoughts, and a bunch of chapped uh, Caucasian men, well past their prime, certainly well past their term limits. Um, yeah. Exchanging pleasantries. Well, and I think I mean I would I, love, absolutely mm -hmm. love to see the checks and balances, T chart, balance sheet of how this how this is going to happen. How taking the stance and basically stating that the forties, what we did in the forties worked. And we're building solely back into America. We're not going to be relying on foreign interests. We're not going to be relying on foreign manufacturing. We're not going to be relying on outsourcing, even though, by and large, that has been the cheapest method to do so. Because economically, it doesn't make sense to produce everything in-house. Because, surprise, surprise, this isn't where a lot of raw materials come from. I want to see how synonymously this... this interacts with one another i want to see how building in-house is going to lower the deficit i want to see how the noble effort of reinstating creating and allowing more americans to have their jobs back creating new jobs in various sectors i want to see how that'll be mm. and and to that i want to see how many individuals will even be qualified to do said jobs because as he said in the same breath, this does not require any sort of further education to pursue. But Come on, man. we need to be spending more time on education. We need to be spending more resources on education. We need to put more of an investment and of our time and resources into this. Joe, buddy, please tell me how this will not cause a price hike. Please tell me how this will not be an... Ex an expansion of spend it of expenditure well it, it's it it boils down to the fact that it's probably not going to happen i mean it, it goes sure. back to what i said earlier like it's the same platitudes that you could imagine any copy and paste state of the union address addressing you know i mean the whole cancer thing mm -hmm. we're about as close to ending cancer now as george bush was way back in the day when he said by 2019 we're gonna get to mars well, right. Here we are in 2023 and yeah, we're we're not even close to the moon yet, let alone Mars. So <laughs> I and and the whole I I already forgot what topic it was, but there was something that Biden was saying about how oh, the you know, we need to take care of this to make sure we have a 
you know, return on investment by in 20 years or whatever. I, you know, I, I try to not How always many... be so morbid about it, but like, right, right. Is he even going to be around in 20 years to see that come to fruition? I need to know, you know. the, I need to know the correlation between jobs that will be created and the individuals that have the tenacity to pursue such positions. As we've said ad nauseum, in, ep in economic uh, shift, a, f a, a new influx of jobs does not determine those individuals who uh, want to pursue said positions. And admittedly, that's what makes the blue collar the blue collar positions uh, rise in popularity because oftentimes you'll find that blue collar positions are ludicrous in their career. But as we've stated, uh, well, ludicrous in salary, I should say, like, uh, you know, plumbing, electrician, uh, trade schools. We've seen an increase in that. We've seen an increase in attendance of uh, veering away from traditional college educations and maybe that's because we've sort of lampooned the whole like oh why are you pursuing gender studies as a major kind of regard her der but as we've stated before like just because you're in a white collar position doesn't mean you're going to be it's going to be compensatory to the education that you received so what does it say when you have Biden up at the stand being like, well, this isn't going to be a requirement going forward to then stating in the same breath, we need to have such a heavy focus on education. We need to have such a heavy focus on what we want future generations to be inspired by when realistically they don't correlate at all. Well, and if, the correlation isn't there what makes you think that the interest to fill those positions is going to be there because it just boils down to telling people what they want to hear and posturing yourself to sound like you're as progressive as somebody like bernie sanders but as fiscally conservative as milton friedman you know mm -hmm. it's 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 making sure that all your wealthy donors your Diane Harrison's, if you will, and I'm not afraid to say that. Um, it's making them feel pretty secure about all the wealthy students that they're going to have coming to their schools, including one particular al alma mater of ours, um, but also at the same time assuring that all those students that are at the lower end of the economic spectrum feel like they're doing something that's actually worth worth their time and money. The reality of it is, is that none of it will be worth anybody's time and money. In fact, the only people that are going to be a profit at the end of the day of any kind are the people that fleeced a bunch of students into going to school in the first place. Uh, that's where I would make a reading recommendation to folks to read an essay of Barbara Ehrenreich's called Fleece You. <laughs> so I, I just, I don't know, I become more and more... Uh, more and more disenchanted with the whole concept of higher education the older I get. Um, and when I hear a president who, I mean, I think this, sorry, I think this is Barbara Lee who 
I think is running for Senate in California. Mm. Um, her, Adam Schiff, and uh, uh, Katie Porter, and Barbara Lee arguably fits Gavin Newsom's bill because Gavin Newsom said that he hopes to nominate a black woman to be a, a California senator. Well, here we are, you know, so. <laughs> well, but anyway, yeah, here we I, are indeed. I, I, and I don't think we need to stick around for the Republican rebuttal. Um, that's no. just going to be Sarah Huckabee Sanders. You know, basic. No. I mean, no. I could say I could say I, she'll basically just be thinking to herself the whole time. Oh. Uh, 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 you, you're gonna eat that possum, uh, Mr. President. <laughs> but I, I don't think I need to sit back and watch her lie. Um, I mean, let's face it, we've already spent more than hours of our lives watching her lie on behalf of a right. pathetic, corrupt body. So I'm definitely fine with uh, enjoying, uh, enjoying ending this experience, and it was an experience indeed. Uh, definitely one for the books and definitely a tradition that I hope will continue. Oh, yeah. But... Yeah, I if just there's nothing else, if there's nothing else, then... Uh, I mean, I think the, the last God thing I'll speed. say... <laughs> the last thing I'll say is, and I, I hope... I, I certainly say this to not try and undermine what we've just recorded, but I will just say to... My fellow Americans um, listening in on this on this episode, um, I wouldn't take a whole lot of stock in any state of the union just because, again, it's the same copy and paste spiel um, just with a different accent at the end of the day. So I expect a very similar one next year. Next year, I believe, will be Biden's last in his first term. Um mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I, and if, if he, if somebody replaces him in 2024, I expect a very similar one that is pretty much going to hit on all the same beats of, well, we're still a divided country. Well, we need to get rid of extremism. Well, insulin and diabetes and blah, blah, blah. Uh, we're going to cure cancer, blah, blah, blah. And we need to show our metal on the world stage, blah, blah, blah. So and you break, know. you know, like, let's get out there. Let's do it yeah. kind of thing. So, yeah, I'm I'm not holding high hopes for. Uh... Come on, man. Mars on Life is a podcast co-hosted by Sebastian Shug, Ryan Mancini, Andrew Martinez and Matt Fernandez. If you like this episode, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite shows, as Mars on Life is available on Anchor, Radio Public, iHeartRadio, Audible, Stitcher, Spotify, and Podchaser. Find us on Instagram at Mars on Life Show to keep up with the latest news, episodes, and gratuitous updates on the Red Planet. Have a question, comment, or request? Email us at marsonlife at gmail.com, and we'll promptly get back to you. This show's artwork, titled Happy Mars, was drawn by Zachary Urbrick. 
Our show's regular intro and outro music is Space Explorers by the one and only Kevin McLeod. Thank you for listening, and always remember, if you keep going, you'll make it to Mars. Mars.